when it comes to divination, there are tools that focus on scrying. There are tools that focus on casting and there are tools that focus on channeling. So scrying is seeing something on the surface of another thing. So people who see things in mirrors or pools of water or candles, Ooh. things like that. And then casting is when you sort and throw something. So think throwing a pair of dye or charms, dominoes, which is the one I did in my book. And then channeling is when you use your body as the medium. So automatic writing, the spirit would help you move your arm to get the messages onto the paper. And then the fourth is a combination of all three. Tarot is a combination of all three because you're seeing something in the image, which is scrying, mm -hmm. channeling something. So a message from a spirit through your body and you're mm -hmm. casting something. So shuffling and laying down the cards that's casting. Hello, hello, and Jaima, Jaima Yomis, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And feel free to browse the website to explore more of the community and sponsors and even express your interest in the 2023 retreat at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And also, while you're at it, feel free to visit my shop, eyesofaspen.com. This episode actually inspired a new direction for Eyes of Aspen, which, which is exciting. And I'm very inspired by this human, in fact, she doesn't even know it how much this episode transformed me and just changed my life in a variety of ways this episode meant more to me than she knows than anyone knows like this is an episode that i even had to tell my dad about that's how powerful and meaningful this episode was it's one of my favorites that honestly i've ever recorded and yeah i've been dying to share it because we recorded it last month and I've been wanting to share it ever since. So Claire Goodchild is a tarot expert and creator, author, and a modern day witch. And her book is out, The Book of Seances, A Guide to Divination and Speaking to Spirits. So it's out now. You may want to grab it, especially after you hear this episode where she explores seances with us and divination. And she goes into detail on how to tarot and even use other divination tools like tea leaf reading and rods like the pendulum or bibliomancy and cardomancy and a variety of mancies and spirit boards yeah other tools to communicate with those on the other side of the veil whether this this spirit is a guide an angel or perhaps just a relative or a friend or an ancestor just someone who had a physical body who is uh, checking in on you so very powerful, very, very powerful episode. I have a new morning routine now where I tarot every morning and it's been transformative. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. She is magical. And again, there is no way on this goddess green earth that she would have known some things. I guess she did a tarot reading on me before communicating with me and she had a powerful hit and she was spot on. It was wild. And I had chills. I told my dad about it, brought tears to his eyes. Very powerful stuff. Very beautiful. Anyway, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy Claire's magic. Claire, I am so excited to have you on the show. This is my 
kind of chat, my kind of podcast. I'm excited to explore seances and so much more with you. Um, So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. I've been listening to your your earlier episodes. um, I think the one with Rebecca Campbell on a flight I was on, and it was just really, really great to hear you know, her, her viewpoints and all the guests you have are really interesting. Yeah. And Rebecca is incredible. First, I'd like to know what is lighting you up most in this season of your life. Uh, Right now, I think just exploring different types of spirituality and, and learning from other people, actually, (laughs) like going from teacher to now wanting to see other viewpoints and that's really important for me. I'm like, I have a lot of things going on in my ninth house. I don't know how much you know about astrology, but that's the learning house. And so Mm. that's been really fun. So you're curious. You're a very curious person. I love to hear your soul journey and what led you to focus on modern day witchery. Yeah. So I actually got into witchcraft very young. I think younger than most people. Um, around when I was 10 or 11 and I was being bullied a lot at school because I was kind of weird. And I think all spiritual people are kind of described like we're kind of weird. And so (laughs) it it kind of makes us targets. And then a friend of, right. Like I think that's something that all spiritual people I talk to, they have that same kind of experience. Like, you know, we're just a little weird. (laughs) Yes, that's it. My mom's friend, my mom's not like religious at all. She's not spiritual at all. She's like the atheist of all atheists. Her friend suggested that I look into Wicca. Back then that was pretty much the the only form of witchcraft that was really accessible, especially to like millennials. So I was immediately drawn to it because I'd have such a hard time at school. And then I'd go home and there was this thing that told me that I was empowered and I had power. And, you know, that's really, I think, important, especially for girls, like on the cusp of puberty, like to know that we're important in the world. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I took Wicca with me until my late teens, early twenties. And then I started exploring other forms of witchcraft, like folk magic and and even looking into some of the like Christian or Buddhist or Hindu practices and and seeing all the common threads between them taught me that I didn't have to necessarily be Wiccan. Like I can make my own practice. And from there, I got really into divination and astrology. But part of the problem was I didn't see tarot decks out there that really spoke to me. So that was when I uh, decided to make my own. And I I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's pretty macabre, but I wanted to pair macabre with the beauty of the world because I really think there is like a beauty in death and it doesn't have to all be this like cliche goth, you know, hangs out (laughs) in cemeteries thing, even though I do (laughs) hang out in cemeteries. You What's know, macabre, I, by the way? Morbid and and a little bit oh, of the, okay. the gothic kind of feel to gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. And I I did see. Is it one that it's a batch release, or is this one that you released a long time ago? It's been out for a while. So okay. I first published it independently, and then it was published um, by Abrams 
books in 2019. You know what? I feel like I've seen your name on a deck somewhere. (laughs) I'm serious. So that must be it. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I also did um, an astrology deck for them as well. So it's Oh, cool. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to check this out. What? Oh, you're my <laughs> kind of human. This is awesome. So with my background, I just want to let you know why I'm so excited for this as well. I even let my dad know about this specific podcast because his mom, my grandma was very much witch, a witch. And she was into, I didn't know this until one day I was doing tarot and my dad walked up to me and he was like, Oh, my mom used to do that all the time. I was like, what? Your mom, what? And then he was like, Oh yeah. She was all into tarot decks and seances and talking with mediums and being a medium herself and tea leaf readings and all things that are witchy. She was just so into that. That was like her world. I had no idea until my late twenties that about my grandma. That's that's so exciting. (laughs) What a thing to find out, right? Like he (laughs) just randomly comes up. So, you know, that's kind of nice because now you're kind of carrying on her tradition by doing tarot. Well, and then I found out the women on my paternal side, my dad's side, cousins and my aunts, they all are witches. And I'm like, how am I just finding (laughs) all this out? Is it because I was in this Mormon bubble or something? Like what, how am I finding this out? So yeah, it's so beautiful anyway. So that's why, because I haven't really had many witches on the (laughs) show talking about this specifically. I've had several witches, of course, but this being the focus. And this is something that I really feel, I don't know. I just feel like I need to know this beyond anything else because of my roots. Yeah, totally. And I think none of that stuff is ever a coincidence. So, yeah, you know, maybe now is when you're supposed to start exploring. I agree. I agree. Chills. I have chills (laughs) right now. Okay. So if you mind letting the listeners know what is a seance and do you mind walking us through the history of seances? Sure. Yeah. So a seance is any intentional communication with the spirit of a deceased person. So I'll go over the classic kind of seance style in a minute, but people often think that it has to be something led by a medium and it it often is. But when we talk to our grandma who's passed or something, that is a seance, you know, because it's an intentional communication. Yeah. But seances as we know them in the West, especially that movement started in the 1800s. There was a lot of death, you know, death was a major part of life. And especially in the Americas, um, there was the civil war and the war of 1812 and people were losing their family members and their friends left and right. You know, there's no way to tie up those ends. They didn't get to say goodbye. It's not like today where you generally have a lot more time with someone. So they started communicating with their spirits. And this would be typically led by a medium. And it was actually a feminist movement, which I really love. Um, Mm -hmm. Men were like, okay, women, you're more sensitive. You're more this, you're more that. You'll probably be receptive to the unseen. You know, That's beautiful. (laughs) I didn't know that some men were open like that back then. They were. And so women were like, okay, suddenly we have an audience with all these important people and we're going to take it and we're going to run with it. And we're going to start meeting with politicians and queens and we're going to do readings for them. And then that's when the men started to get a little suspicious. You know, right. 
why are all these women suddenly, you know, drawn to mediumship? And it, it was because they suddenly had power and agency. Yeah. And um, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was going on in its own little bubble. And then at the same time, advertising in the form we know it now was really taking off. So not only did you have all these people losing a bunch of people and, and wanting to talk to them and, and, you know, mass death everywhere all the time, you have newspapers and little flyers and community buildings advertising seances. So you have yeah. those two points coming together. And then you have a third point, and that is just the, the need for people to have community with who they had left. You know, so you'd get all your living friends together and then you talk with your, your deceased friends and wow. people were really into it around the late 1800s. It kind of took a turn. People were like, well, do I really need a medium to do this for me? Or can I do it myself? And that's okay. when you start to see like, um, tarot cards, spirit boards, pendulums, automatic writing, all these things start to be like common hobbies and pastimes for the average person. And it hasn't oh, really left us the way we so read. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's fun. <laughs> and also it makes me realize like in the 16th and the 17th century, when they would, they were threatened by witches. So they'd burn them at the right. stake, you know, and they didn't realize they were obviously told by whoever society that, you know, these are evil people. They're demonic. They were dark. And you know, what's wild is that people still carry this on today thinking this, you know, right. and it's, we're obviously not burned at the stake anymore, thankfully, but people <laughs> still find witchcraft dark and scary because they're unfamiliar and they've been told otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. I think it, especially in the 1970s and eighties, there was a real like push from the Catholic church in particular Mm -hmm. to call people back to the church. And so they wanted to label all these things bad instead of, yeah. you know, finding a way to use them too, because there, there are like Christians who read tarot, you know, there's, yeah. there's Buddhists who, who work with pendulum. So yeah, it, it's strange how the kind of negative connotations have really like stuck around. Yeah. Right. Right. I feel like as well, you know, it was so taboo. And so a lot of people did it secretly or silently. And so that makes me think like, how do my grandma have seances, you know, because right. like people yeah. kept it to themselves, but yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm also curious, what is divination? So divination is the art of divining the future. However, as we know, the future is open-ended. So I like to describe divination as what will happen or, or using a tool to find out what will happen if I stay on the current course I'm on. Ooh. And that's what, you know, tarot, for instance, predicts, right? Yes. Um, yeah. If I keep doing this exactly as I'm doing it, this will be the outcome. People historically have also used divination for spirit communication, which is what I wrote in the book. So it's more geared towards just communicating with the people you love. Yeah, I love that. And there are four types of spiritual encounters you say, right? What are they? When it comes to divination, there are tools that focus on scrying. There are tools that focus on casting and there are tools that focus on channeling. So scrying is seeing something on the surface of another thing. So people who see things in mirrors or, or pools of water or candles, Ooh. things like that. And then casting is when you sort and throw something. So think like 
throwing a pair of, of dye or um, charms, mm. dominoes, which is the one I did in my book. And then channeling is when you use your body um, as the kind of like medium. So automatic writing, yeah. you would, the spirit would help you move your arm to, to get the messages onto the paper. And then the fourth is a combination of all three. So I like to consider or say that tarot is a combination of all three, because you're seeing something in the image, which is scrying, mm -hmm. channeling something. So a message from a spirit through your body and you're mm -hmm. casting something. So shuffling and laying down the cards, that's casting. Do you think that tarot is perhaps the most effective form of communicating with the other side? I do. I think that because nowadays it's so accessible for one, so you can get any type of deck you want, like any art taste you like, themed, all kinds of different things. So that's one point. The images are so descriptive that even yes. if you don't know what they mean, or you know, a spirit doesn't know what they mean, they still can yeah. communicate their message, right? Yeah. Because they just have to look at it. So I think it's really accessible. Makes so much sense. And I know you said that we get to, it's possible to talk to spirits of the dead. So mm -hmm. for example, maybe I want to try to communicate with my grandma in tarot, but I usually, when I've done tarot or Oracle decks or something, I'm feeling as though my guides are showing me this actually today mm -hmm. though, with my aunt, who's also a witch, it was an Alana Fairchild deck. Yep. It was an Oracle deck. Like I was shuffling the deck and it fell out mm -hmm. when she read the message. It was clearly for her. And she was like crying and she felt Aww. the spirit of her dad. It was so powerful because I always feel like I'm talking with my guides. It's wild mm -hmm. that this is happening today as I'm talking to you, <laughs> right. but she felt her dad, you know, come through her and it was just beautiful. Oh yeah. That's so nice. I actually, um, so before I talk to someone, I like to pull a few cards for them. So I did pull a few for you. <gasps> oh um, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, um, a spirit reading. So you actually had someone come through that. It, it felt pretty strong to me. And I usually, don't get this combination for anyone but myself. So it was really interesting. Um, Chills. so the first card was the King of Pentacles. So a man, probably a Taurus, but could be like another earth sign, kind of a hardworking and provider mentality. And then I got the ace of wands. And when I get those two cards together to me, that is always a grandfather, either a grandfather or a great grandfather, like not any further back than that. Wow. Um, someone who smoked. So I don't know, maybe a pipe or something like that. And oh my um, gosh, yeah. then I got the star. So that was for your energy. So just like bringing hope and peace to people. And then, you know, when you're doing that kind of work, this grandfather spirit likes to come and check on you. So really? Oh my gosh. I have chills. I wonder if it's my grandpa, my dad's side, my mom's side was not a smoker. He was very uh, true to his religion, <laughs> Latter-day Saints, but um, my on my dad's side, I know he was a, a smoker. He died of lung cancer, actually. Oh, and... my. I'm so sorry. Um, I actually wrote smoker probably died of it. <laughs> no way. <Yeah. laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, that's yeah. chill. So it was my dad's dad, who I actually know very little of. That's very interesting. So I guess he he likes to get to know you now, you know, if that if that's his his time to do it. 
Wow. <laughs> and then that's amazing. I also don't like to leave anything out and this might sound weird. <laughs> um, I don't know what it means, but I also kept connecting your name specifically to the word banana. So I <laughs> stop it. No, stop it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Claire, my grandma's name is Dana and she'd say Dana like banana. Oh, perfect. Stop it. Oh my gosh. Are you yeah, kidding I'll, me? I'll send you a photo of the note, but all day, um, when, when I was thinking of your name, it's just like banana. And then I also started oh. thinking about, you know, that old body shop, um, shampoo, the banana shampoo yes. coming up for me a lot too, wow. just related to your name. So that is wild. That's, that's wild. So that means grandma Dana's probably here. She's the one that's the witch that, you know, mm-hmm. loved tarot. You can probably take that as confirmation that you need to explore this topic more. Absolutely. I feel, oh my gosh, my chills are insane. I feel this so strongly. <laughs> wow. Wow. That makes me feel good that they're watching. Yeah. I, I love that. See when you're reading tarot, it's always important. Or even like, if you're just like doing automatic writing, like I was with banana, always say what comes up because what seems ludicrous to me, you know, connected to you. So that is wild. I can't wait to tell my dad. Cause that was her thing that she would always yeah. say, cause people say Dana when they read her name usually. And she's like, no, yeah. I'm Dana, like banana. Oh, yeah. that is so beautiful. I'm so <laughs> glad she was able to, to, wow. you know, give you something. That's a wild Claire. Oh my gosh. You're the real deal. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M- 
M-A-G-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. So clearly that felt right. That felt good. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. what are some signs that you are perhaps communicating with something unsafe or, you know, you want to protect yourself? How do we protect ourselves? So the good news is that despite, you know, what TV and movies would have us believe. Yeah. Most of this stuff is inherently good. And I think that's because we're inherently good too, right? As a, as a group humans. Yeah. And so I think that people always think that I'm being a little condescending when I say this, but the number one way to keep yourself safe is to use common sense. What I mean is if you go looking for trouble, yeah, you might find it. But if ah. you're just talking to the people that that love you and have an interest in you, these are your, your family and your friends and they're going to keep you safe too. Mm-hmm. But of course- a lot of people also feel comforted by having like some sort of protective talisman. So a piece of jewelry or, you know, a favorite candle, like those things are all good ways to protect yourself from, from something negative. Well, I mean, I guess since even if you're by yourself, you're likely to, whatever your intention might be, you know, like Mm -hmm. you said, use common sense, you're likely to have a beautiful communication moment, but also what are you, what are your thoughts on group seances versus a solitary seance? So I think they can be a good idea in certain circumstances. So I actually, myself, I prefer solo, but yeah, if you're going to do a group, You want it to be people that you trust. That's the most important thing that nobody is going to play a prank, you know, things like that, that that can actually really upset people, you know, you you don't want them to walk away from this sort of practice because someone played a joke, you know, Right, that makes sense. Cause some people don't take it seriously. Exactly. So you want people who, if they don't necessarily believe in it are at least open to it. Right. You know, Uh, cause it's, it's always good to have a Yeah, exactly. Be, just be respectful. So people you trust, people you love, who love you and respect you enough to take it seriously. I think, wow. I yeah. think that's what you really need to look for if you're going to do a group one. And also not too many people, because when you have too many people, sometimes one of their spirits might be stronger and then it monopolizes all the time. And then, yeah. you know, you're feeling a little let down because you didn't get to experience anything. That's what I was thinking. I know that there's mediums that will have these shows with like thousands yeah. of people. And I'm thinking of, Oh my gosh, this was like thousands of people probably let down. Cause they were hoping that their loved one would come through, right? you know, exactly. but some mediums will say like, everybody obviously takes a piece from every channeling or every communication, but yeah, no, that's so, I agree. I prefer solo or maybe one-on-one with somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. So do you have any anecdotes of some standout seance experiences that you feel comfortable sharing. I do. Um, (laughs) I generally tell, uh, my most impactful one. And that's actually what led me down the, the path of using tarot for this purpose. Um, it's a little sad, so I don't, I don't want to bum people out, but it it kind of has a comforting end to it. So yes, sure. So uh, in 2016, a close family friend of mine went missing. He was uh, visiting some relatives up on one of the Great Lakes in Ontario, where we we live. And um, immediately, 
my family got the sense that something bad had happened in particular that he had drowned, but no body was found and the police were, were looking around a lot. And so I decided to use tarot and the deck I chose is called the zombie tarot. And my family friend, he liked that deck. Like he thought it was fun and funny and it, it was really in line with his kind of class clown personality, basically shows zombies behaving as living people. It's it's pretty cute, you know, if you like that stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, I decided I'm going to use that deck to talk to him. And uh, when I was shuffling, the King of Cups fell out of the deck, which, you know, described him like a gregarious, warm, loving person. But the image on this card in particular showed a zombie underwater. And no way. Yeah. Uh, so of course I'm like, okay, this kind of confirms, you know, that, that he drowned. And, uh, two months later, his body was found in one of the lakes. So yeah. Um, but (laughs) this is going to sound a little weird. His death, like really set off this new, new path for me, right. Using Mm -hmm. tarot. And now whenever I use that deck, I use it only to talk to him. And I've had so many great and supportive conversations. So it's horrible that he's not here and it's horrible the way he died, but he also gave me a gift. That is a beautiful ending. Very chilling. What are, if you don't mind sharing, like what are some things that does he talk to you about things you should be wary about? Or does he talk to you about just like things that he's proud of with what you're doing or what does he talk to you about? It, it, definitely uh leans more towards the um father figure kind of energy oh, so like that. looking out for me or yeah. if i have a question about a business decision um you know he yeah. he's always given me really good advice which is ironic because he was not good <laughs> in right so, so it, it's interesting to see how he's changed over there. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, he knows, he knows so much more than we can even comprehend, of course. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and is there anybody else that you communicate with frequently? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, one of my third great grandfathers that I'll never get to meet until I die, which, <laughs> you know, I'm Wild. I hope that's a, a long, long way from now. Yeah. I consider him uh one of my my spirit guides and then I have a second great grandfather who I also consider one of my spirit guides and it it's always been interesting to me that the two <laughs> I always thought it would be like my grandmothers or you know women you know way down the line but it turns out yeah. two guys one, one that really is interesting life. that's so yeah. interesting also yesterday I just found out about my great 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 my third great grandfather so I feel like for whatever reason there's a synchronicity here yeah um, no I'm serious and it was on my dad's side and you were talking about how my grandpa my dad's side came through and also my grandma my dad's side that is mm-hmm. very interesting and I wikipedia him and he was a very I don't know interesting person so I wouldn't see him <laughs> I wouldn't see him uh coming through to me but we'll see I don't know that is so cool that you talk with your great 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 grandpa yeah see it's always the ones that we like don't expect that are yeah. the I did not. I did not expect my dad's dad at all. That is awesome though. And I'm very thankful. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to go through for people that have never, ever, ever touched a tarot deck. 
how yep. they could experience one for themselves. What's the process like? So when you're first interested in tarot, the best thing to do is to go to, you know, a small independent kind of, um, I want to say like metaphysical shop, but it could be a witch shop too, because they mm-hmm. generally have decks open and on display that you can play with and try out. Yeah. So you go to those stores, um, you see what you're drawn to and sometimes what you're drawn to, it, it can be visually, it can be energetically. You don't know how it's going <laughs> to come through. Um, I think touching a deck is very important. If you don't have stores around you, like browse online and, and see which one, you know, talks to you. Um, and then the good part is that you can basically start reading right away. You know, I recommend people not jump too far into it and just pull one card, you know, one card a day for 30 days and just look at it. You don't have to know what it means yet. Just look at the images and see how they make you feel. Some are going to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) Some will be like very welcome when they pop up more than once. Um, And then, you know, there's a lot of great websites and, and books out there that can just walk you through like the very beginning stages, like understanding color and numerology and astrology, because it's all in there. And I think it's important to, to really do your homework. And of course, some people are going to take to it a little bit easier and might be more intuitive readers, but everyone can read tarot. So if it's confusing Mm. at first, just stick with it because it Mm. will eventually click. That is very true. And also they come with, many of them come with little pamphlets. Exactly. Yeah. In order to guide you. I do have one of the old ones, right? Oh no. I thought it was right next to me. The writer way, obviously that's a classic. It's a little gothy. Like I think that's one that you were talking about, but it's been very helpful. Yeah. It's it's such a great deck and it's kind of the basis for all the other decks, you know, and all the meanings that are out there. It is the the OG. <laughs> it is. So, it is the yeah. OG indeed. So I want to hear about your deck though. And also how did you channel this deck? So my deck, it's called the Antique Anatomy Tarot. Um, it is, I created it in a collage style. So I use old antique medical images, but because I really, really like pink and flowers and girly things, it's skeletons paired with, you know, beautiful flowers and plants and and life. And, you know, I, I, I think because there is beauty in, in death and in a weird way, and there needs to be more of that in the world, you know, taking something that maybe we're uncomfortable with and showing the positive and the beauty in it. Um, Um, So for, for that, I really like, in a way, making a deck really taught me tarot on a, on a deeper level. So just card by card, you know, trying different things and, and seeing how it felt and is kind of a, a laborious <laughs> and long process, right. To yeah. make 78 cards. Um, but it, it, that's actually another good experiment for someone who really, you know, wants to, to, see tarot on a different level is try making your own deck you can just upload your own cards too and you know print one copy so I am intrigued <laughs> I am intrigued there is something in me that's 
feels like I'm going to also create one someday. So it's really interesting that you're saying all this um, and you're sharing your process, which I appreciate. But also what is what was your process like writing the book? And do you feel like you channeled anything through you? But also I know that you have accumulated a lot of wisdom along the way, understanding a lot of different aspects of spirituality and seances. But I'm just mm-hmm. curious what your process was like writing the book. So it's so funny you'd say that because um, this book, like, I feel like it's been in me for a long time and I, yeah. I just had to find the right publisher and I did. Like I found, I couldn't have asked for a, a better publisher for this book. And um, so I got started and I did all my notes because that's how I start everything I write. And I pulled out my computer and I'm like, okay, let's write. And I really struggled to type up this book. And the first few chapters, you know, they were giving me a hard time and I got to the chapter on automatic writing Mm. and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try writing this by hand during that chapter. The entire book came through me. Like, I think I, 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 yeah. So I wrote, (laughs) I ended up writing like 55,000 words by hand. Oh Um, my gosh. Your poor wrist. Yeah. Yeah. And I, (laughs) uh, it was definitely a process, but then I was able to go back and write the earlier chapters by hand and they just felt so much more organic. Um, and then of course I had to type up (laughs) everything after, which, you know, adds a few more hours to my, my timeline. And I, during writing the book, I actually got a little more skeptical, which is, unusual for me because like, I'm very confident in my abilities and and the spirit world, but, but I also think it was good. You know, everything should challenge you and all your beliefs should be challenged over and over and over again. So that was something I didn't expect writing the book. Like, I think I wrote a pretty good guide for, for anyone beginning this process, but it really taught me about me. As most books, when authors write them, do <laughs> yeah. so many authors say that, you know, exactly what you just said, but also they realize they're writing what they really needed to know. Um, yeah. And I love that you also touch on a variety of different spiritual avenues like cartomancy, if I'm pronouncing it right, or bibliomancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Let's first touch on tea leaf reading, tassiography, right? Yeah, you can pronounce it tassiography or tassiography or even tassiomancy. So whichever one okay. comes more naturally for you, you know. All right. Yep. I I say tassiography. A lot of people say tassiography. <laughs> it bugs them when I say tassiography, but they'll just have to get over it. <laughs> so tassiography is tea leaf reading, and it's a practice that uh, can be found in ancient China. And then there's coffee reading in Turkey and, and the Middle East. And it is a form of scrying. So you're seeing a symbol or an image on the surface of something. So your leaves are, are the symbol. And then the cup is, is the surface. And, you know, this one is really interesting because I thought that I was going to be a natural at it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was not. It, (laughs) It took me a really long time. Like I had to, in the book, there's a story I tell about how I was like ready to throw in the towel and not do tea leaf reading anymore. And I finally decided to take one last shot and use my grandmother's teacup to do it and mm. see if she could help me and, and guide me from the spirit world. And 
She did. Her favorite flower is the rose and her middle name was the rose. And when I did that reading with her teacup, I got a rose and a heart in the cup. And I was like, okay, this is how you do it. You, you find a purpose and someone you want to talk to, and it's going to come to you. Wow. That's beautiful. So you do need some sort of intention or purpose, and you also need to have someone in mind that you're going to communicate with. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good rule for any spirit communication. So tea leaf reading, tarot, et cetera, have someone in your thoughts going in and it's going to be a lot easier. Mm, Beautiful. Good to know. That's what I'm going to do right after this call when I open up my tarot, (laughs) (laughs) but that's really cool. So something just comes to the surface, a tease just come to the surface and then you interpret whatever the symbol of the tea is. Yeah. So you, you actually drink the tea, um, and it's the loose leaves that are left over. And so drinking it, you know, you're really bringing that energy into your body too. And like tea is such an important thing ritualistically and, and for yeah. health. So it's a really, really nice form of divination to do, especially for spirit communication. It, it, some people, you know, are total naturals and some aren't, but I think everyone can do it. Mm, okay. Good to know. I'm it's another thing that I'm going to have to dabble in, especially yeah. I'm grandma. And then how about bibliomancy? So bibliomancy historically was using the Bible or some other holy text to right. get a message. Um, and you basically flip through a book and then stop wherever you feel called to, and then run your finger down the page and stop again, wherever you feel called to. And there is your message. But with the spiritualists in the 1800s, the ones who kind of really brought seances into the the mass consciousness, they started using like famous works. So think Dracula or interesting, Dracula, Withering Heights, things like that, you know, yeah. big books of their time. And so using the Bible actually fell out of fashion. And okay. so bibliomancy today, you can use any book. You know, that's awesome. Which I, I feel like I do that anyway. Yeah. Same. Perfect. Yeah. You just turn to whatever page and then yep. you feel it, but yep. perhaps you approach this one with maybe, uh, someone specific in mind and mm-hmm. same with the tea leaf. Okay. Interesting. I love that. Also. Okay. You've talked about, uh, communicating with people that we've known before, or, you know, people that were part of this reality, but have you ever just communicated with I do feel like they're guides as well. Like my grandma's a guide, but do you ever communicate with, you know, guides that perhaps never had a physical body? Yeah. So I, I share that same school of thought as you where, you know, our relatives can be guides. They might not be. And then there are guides that were not human. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if I have any that haven't been human. And I don't know if it's just because I'm really connected to my ancestors and and that practice. Um, But I think there are lots of people who, who do, and, you know, they have, I know a lot of people, you know, guardian angels, that's, that's a big one, right? Those are spirit guides too. So um, yeah, I, I think communicating with them you know, you can kind of bug them more too. So like, yeah, they're kind of there for you. Whereas yeah. you're in, 
your ancestors might be busy, you know, I know that's what I think. Someone else. Like, they're not with me every step of the way, you know? So yeah, that's, I mean, I always, I do think that too. I'm like, wait, if I call, what if, what if my grandma's doing something special and I'm calling her in yeah. and bothering her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Whereas that's like a, one of these non-human spirit guides, you know, that's, <laughs> Their, their job is, yeah, their job. Their that's what their yeah. that's their career is to you exactly. know. Got, I'm just kidding, but yeah, that is <laughs> that is true. That's true. That's why I've always I think that's why I've always like assumed I'm just communicating with these spirit guides that mm-hmm. are my guides that are guiding yeah. me through. But I would really like to you know connect with the people that uh, are my ancestry, are part of my past. Yeah, exactly. And also it's friends. Just- yeah, it, it's really rewarding, you know, because yeah. it's a good way to learn people's stories as well in a way that, you know, you might not learn their stories otherwise, unless you have them tell you. So true. Oh, so, so true. And then also what is cartomancy? So cartomancy is basically just reading with cards. So tarot okay. would be the main ones, but there are also different, you know, Oracle decks. That's part of cartomancy and the Norman decks, that's part of cardomancy. So, oh, even playing cards. Some people just, you know, read the way we read tarot with playing cards. So that's right. what that is. Gotcha. That's cool. And then how about Robdomancy? So Robdomancy is um pendulums or divining rods. And they are really right. interesting. Um the <laughs> when I was writing the book, I I was kind of surprised with how much I connected with divining rods and there are two kind of L-shaped rods that you hold out in front of you and they cross over each other. Um, some people use it to find water. That's their original purpose. And mm-hmm. now people use them to communicate with spirits, generally using yes or no questions. Um, it's a really fun way to experiment, you know, especially if you're feeling kind of like you've grown stale in another practice and you need to take a break. Yeah. So like, if you're like, oh, I'm not really feeling my tarot cards, they are a great one to try because it's totally different. And you're, okay. you're back to that, that freshness and um, pendulums are are the same thing, you know, where you have the crystal hanging from the chain and you can ask yes or, yes. Yes or no questions. Oh, I've done that many times, which is so powerful. They're so fun. They're exactly. so fun. Oh yeah. And it's wild too, how it will be still. And then you ask a question (laughs) and then I'll move and you're like, still, you know, it's really amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you think that it's more powerful to diversify it and use all these different tools? I do. So I think everyone should try all the tools, the, the ones in my book in particular, um, at least for three months. I think three months is a, a fair shot at something. And if you really hate it, you can stop after that. But I think it's good to have at least some experience with with each thing and anyone can do any of them. Um, though I will say I did write about Ouija boards and I, I know there's a lot of negative connotations. So right. my school of thought is if something truly makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. There's no rule. <sighs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And you've also talked about spirit boards. Is that the same thing as Ouija boards? What are spirit boards? It is. Yeah. So a spirit, a Ouija board is a spirit board. Um, that's just the brand name of, of the one brand that really took the phenomenon global. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like Kleenex and tissue. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. So what do you, how do we use spirit boards? So spirit boards are interesting um, in that there's so much negativity attached to them. And yeah. so I think, well, for me writing this book, it was really important to find an accurate history. Um, so hopefully that like helps dispel some people's fears about them because they're just a tool like anything else. And the problem with that is when you're feeling negative or worried, you can kind of bring that energy to a seance, which is what, you know, you don't want that would be against our common sense rule. Yeah. So, um, using a spirit board, you can actually use it by yourself. It's a little more difficult. Um, you kind of really like, it's kind of like automatic writing in that you have to trust what you're writing and spelling out. Okay. So like for me, banana was, you know, an automatic writing, but I could have done that on a, a spirit board as well. Um, Right. So it's a lot of trust. And then of course you can use a spirit board, Ouija board with a group. Um, and I think that it's really important to, what we talked about earlier to have people you really trust who aren't going to play pranks on you because there's already enough negativity around these boards. We don't need more. Right. So absolutely. You want to have your list of questions prepared, you know, so you're not taking out of the moment. Um, Uh If you're doing them by yourself, have a tape recorder. And Uh uh, so you don't have to take your hands off to write things down. You can just spell it out out loud for yourself. Um, Yeah. They're, they're, a really, they're an interesting tool. And I was a little nervous the first time around them. And now I have three in my bedroom. So <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just the, the stigma around it, but I'm sure that there's a lot of beauty around it. Cause it's another way to, you know, receive messages from those on the other side who love you. Exactly. Yeah. And then you also talk about scientific seance. What is that? What what would that be? I love it. (laughs) So the scientific seance chapter, you want to think about um, the classic paranormal investigating stuff. So all the fun gadgets and um, tools that they (laughs) they use on TV. So the two I covered were EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena and spirit photography, which is capturing uh, spirits in photographs. Um, So cool. Yeah, I EVPs in particular capturing a spirit voice on tape is probably one of the most fun and also sometimes can be a little creepy um depending <laughs> on 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 where you are but I think everyone yeah. should give them a try and if you're trying to communicate with someone you love you're you know to hear their their voice or have them answer you that that's a really nice thing. That is chilling. That's very chilling in a great way, in a beautiful way. That would be amazing, actually. And I have seen it on, you know, YouTube or on Mm -hmm. TV, like people do it. I haven't experienced it myself, but I'd love to do that, especially if I'm around someone who I know has a safe, light, protective energy where, you know, I feel good and I feel safe. Exactly. And, you know, EVPs and, and even spirit photography, you can use alongside another form of divination. So when you're, you're tarot reading, right. You can set up a tape recorder and talk out loud, you know, as you're reading and you never know what you're going to hear on the tape. So 
And have you done that? I have. I haven't got anything <laughs> during um, a divination session myself, but I went to uh, the cemetery where, you know, my, my two great grandparents, the ones that I communicate with a lot, the, the yeah. two men um, at one of their graves, I got the word granddaughter. So oh, that was really are special. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And with his voice and everything. Yeah. It was that really nice. Special. Yeah. That is very nice. Oh, that's so chilling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep using that word throughout this podcast, but that's how I feel because my shows are so. just insane. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, do you have any other messages that come to heart before we move on to rapid fire? Uh, I th- I think I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, we've time. covered a lot. <laughs> I just always like to ask that, just in case. Are you yep. open for some rapid fire? Sure. Okay. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Faith form of body movement. Mm, dance. Oh, I love that. Do you know your, well, you obviously know your big three. Mm-hmm. I'm an Aquarius sun, a Capricorn moon and a Scorpio rising. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. My mom's also, a, oh no, she's a Scorpio moon, but she's also an Aquarius sun. Um, oh. Yeah. And she's one of my favorite humans. Uh, where is your happy place? The cemetery. <laughs> I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. You're, this is so cool. Animal you connect with most, if any horse. Oh, lovely. Uh, do you have a morning routine? I do every single day for 20 minutes at my computer. I have an ancestor altar next to it and I burn a candle for my ancestors every single day. <gasps> Oh my gosh, they're so lucky to have you in the family <laughs> and honor them. Man, now my ancestors are like, you better do this as well. Yeah. Um, if you could gift everyone you know a book, excluding your own, what would it be? Hmm, a book excluding my own. I think it would have to be a book called Ancestral Healing by uh, Natalia and Terry O'Sullivan. It's, I think I've heard of you, that. It's, it's really good. Honestly, they they break things down in the healing realm very well. And they, they share a lot of different perspectives and experiences from people they know. It's a really good resource. If you want to do ancestor work, a lot of us could benefit from Yeah. <laughs> uh, last, this is the last question that I ask all the Euro magic guests. How would you advise the Euro magic listeners to create their own magic? I think being authentic to yourself and, uh, not worrying what other people think about your practice. So like, I think women in particular experience this and like, let's say you're interested in astrology and you have a bunch of guys telling you it's not real and and making fun of you disregard everything. Your spirituality is yours and you know, your magic is yours. No one can take that from you. And I think that's really important. Oh, Amen to that period. Yes, yes, yes. And where can everyone connect with you? I can be found on pretty much all the the major platforms. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, unfortunately, at blackinthemoon.com, which is my my business. I love that name, by the way. Thank you. It's so beautiful. And also I love your last name. Good child. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Claire. Thank you so much. This exceeded my expectations. Not that I really had any expectations, but I was just so excited for this. And this was beyond what I could have even imagined, especially hearing, you know, who came through, but also (laughs) I'm excited to 
dive more into all of these different spiritual avenues. And so I am definitely going to be ordering your book. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm actually, I'm so glad that I got to like share those messages with you because, you know, I, I always do them before I talk to someone, but I don't always share them. So I'm, I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad you did too. (laughs) I had so much fun. Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge too, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send in my love. Jai Mat.